3: hello and welcome back to Leaving Hillsong. This week we're going to do something a little different. Most of the people that you've heard so far on this pod, I've known them for a little while. We've chatted back and forth and usually I haven't known their whole story but we kind of know each other whereas this week I got an email from a young woman called Megan in New Zealand and she wanted to share her story and so I said to her well rather than go over it and then bring it all up again for an interview. Why don't we just jump right into recording? And so that's what we did. So Megan's now a 20-something nursing student and she'll tell you the story of what she went through at life. And if that's something you'd like to do, by all means, get in touch. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we can talk about what you want to do with that story.
4: So here's my voice does matter Megan Megan how did you end up in an AOG church so I
1: moved to Auckland in 2017 I was like fresh out of high school pretty much and here in New Zealand you learn about you hear about these mega churches and life was that one for me and it's a place it's a place that everybody wants to go to life church
4: Okay, yeah. and that's you had moved from.
1: I I lived in New Plymouth for most of my childhood. Okay, so it's a big step from a couple of thousand to a million, I think, at the moment in New Plymouth. I moved out and started attending life. It wasn't until I had done a Google Hope, which you guys would know as Mercy Ministries, that's when I kind of got into the whole what life does you get in swamped into this circle. And that's where I kind of found myself, I was everything about life, like church, every, every Sunday I'd be there. Every time there's an event, I'd be there. And it just became a part of kind of who I was. And it just lost the real point of what it was for me. Okay. So you had been a resident of that place? Yeah. So yeah, resident, loved the place, quite spoken about and a and that stuff yeah yeah so yep. we attended life every Sunday similar to other programs around the world and yeah like you just get so swamped into this place of you're doing this because it's a ch- bigger church kind of thing so yeah so then I left that and decided to do continue what I was doing like attend life because I knew nothing else pretty much jump on teams attend services serve whatever and then 2020 happened I applied for leadership college you sign forms everything like that mm-hmm. it gets to a point where you live and breathe I lived and breathed that church I spoke up, out on it so many times about it fully recommended friends going whatever and it became a part of my life and then when COVID lockdown and that meant everything went online which was fine 100% got that and that's where I kind of saw a bit of a turn because before COVID I worked alongside a worship pastor's wife to run events and making coffees for the senior pastoral team in the uh, meetings with with our senior pastors all that stuff and then I was made to leave college for women half. health that kind of forced me out and then that's where everything changed for me I went from being talked to and being elite circles to literally no one like there's no point of turning up to church pretty much wow okay There's like a hierarchy in church Um, at life Mm -hmm. especially, and it's senior pastors, their team, anyone that's in their pastoral team, and then there's college students and then there's everybody else sort of thing. And you got seen as quite high up, and once you left college for any reason besides graduating, I got avoided by the college principal and college principal didn't want to talk to me at all even about me when, going back to college.
4: And when you yeah. say they forced you out, I mean, tell me a little bit about that. So I, I ended up having
1: a really bad, really bad mental health relapse pretty much. And I got told that I could go on leave for two weeks as required as to the New Zealand government and studying. You could take two weeks to leave before it starts, it right, starts ruining your Further future um, studies, which was fine. At that point, I was ahead of class, handing in assignments, everything, because that was my way of trying to stay above everything. And then I landed in the psych ward, and then I got pulled into a meeting with a bunch of psychiatrists, my nurse, and on Zoom was the principal of college and my young adult pastor at that time. and they told me that they talked about it at a pastoral meeting which I had no idea that was happening and that they were going to ask me to step down and come back semester two which was maybe a month and a half away from when I pulled out which was fine they were fully like we'll let you reapply I had like no choice in it because I kind of had to or I wasn't allowed back at college, pretty much, for the rest
4: of that semester. Yeah. So then, yeah. So following that, you were saying like, there's everything changed.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I came into church as soon as we could get back into church, and I was chatting to people and like just just my normal connections that I normally do every Sunday. And I went up to chat to the college principal at that point, And it was to the point where you could see she was avoiding. And I was like, okay, maybe it's just an off day. So I left it. And then it happened again. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. So then I went up and chatted to some people that I've always chatted to for a weird, like their family. I grew up knowing the kids, pretty. their kids grew up knowing me more in a way it was just avoidance and I was like oh this is super weird like what the heck's happened and it wasn't until a previous life church churchgoer I explained my feelings and they were like it's called the elite circles and that's where someone fully explained to me what it was and that was the first time I was like oh totally makes sense to what I'm what I'm feeling what's actually happening because you take a step back after that you see it so much and it's taken me quite a long while to see it now but and I look at it I'm like it's so toxic and so bad for for people who actually go because they want to know Jesus
4: like yeah and so then what happens after that month and a half I so I reapplied
1: I got past, my mid health was past, um, team signed me off, all that stuff. I was doing well. I then emailed my young adult pastor, and she's like, oh, I'll give you a call. So she, her and I have a chat, and she's like, I don't think you're ready to come back. And I was like, okay, cool. That's your personal choice. I can apply. So I applied, and then the principal got in touch. She was like, you're a risk to church's reputation like you're arrested church and I'm like I never said I was going to hurt someone I was just having a bad mental health
4: day yeah that's tough wow
1: yeah yeah so I got told that if I were to want to apply I'd have to wait for uh, February 2021 at that (sighs) point I kind of just gave up I was like I'm getting nowhere with them there's no point of this so I took a step back from it all I had to take time because that kind of hurt and that's where I realized that when you leave anything related to any mega churches you are literally just someone who's donating money to this church yeah it's yeah literally they don't care
4: the follow-up after that was
1: um follow-up was really bad like I would try to get just have conversations with people just about their weeks and it was just avoidance I would try to get have middle school chats with them like in them about my progress because they literally told psychiatrists that they would be there to support me mentally and they turned around and was just like you just need to pray harder and I'm like mm, not really the issue I've got right now doesn't see where that has come from and then I put it up with my young adult pastor at that point and she was just like oh don't worry about it like it's all good you just, you just need to pray about it and really figure out whether or not you're praying hard enough I was like mm, it's really not the problem right now like that's not the issue the issue is where the flip did I go wrong in this like
4: yeah yeah well you didn't so yeah and how how many people are they supposed to be looking after life
1: church has four campuses in Auckland um one in Melbourne and one happening in Tauranga which is a couple of hours away from Auckland so roughly they can seat nearly 2,000 people okay. service. they can have a database of like a couple of thousand yeah And then what
4: happened? What did you do after that?
1: I got so mad at the whole thing that I kind of just stopped going to church. Like, I just wanted to see whether or not it was within myself, like, whether or not it was just some anger I had towards people. But then I took a huge step back and just finally saw that what others were seeing, just people that I talked to, like, now, best friends now who have chatted to and what they see and I was just so I do like reading news articles that I had never read before because I never talked about especially the whole this year the whole conversion therapy bill and how they they were just like no we don't believe in conversion therapy but they wanted people to submit a bill in support of the therapy the model of life is a place a church to call home. And for me that's not a that's not a place I'd call home. Yeah, so now I'm studying missing. I'm literally I'm out of life. I've never gone back. And it actually feels so much better. Like it's so great to be able to speak about things like this without the thing of I might be hit with a like anything. It was like pretty good to finally speak similar like things to like the rest of the like rest of everyone else who's spoken up about yeah
4: yeah I mean did you find another church or you just
1: I found another church and kind of like another mega church but at this moment I'm just cruising along like I'm just trying to figure out where I can be me I fully love that and find out where God is in that later process, like it's no rush for me at the moment.
4: It's been yeah. going on for thousands of years. These questions, so yeah. tell me because I can't quite remember what was the relationship with the Frank Houston stuff. So, <laughs> my <laughs> okay. is known to
1: everyone in New Zealand as the Hell Song of New Zealand. So, Bobby and Brian. Our best friends, who were Paul and Marie, who are the senior pastors at
4: Life. Um, Paul and, and Marie. De Jong. That's the link in. Okay. I yes. remember. So Paul De Jong was Frank Houston's PA for years and years. Sort of I didn't man. know that. Ah. Uh, from look and it's a little bit before my time but definitely yeah back in the like late 80s early 90s yeah yeah yeah
1: that and went, then that went, and then they okay. moved and start they moved to New Zealand and everyone thinks now was Bobby and Brian told them to go start Hillsong here and it just didn't bang. so they then moved to the whole life church whatever okay but everything we have I think Brian is on our is on that life like chairboard, financial chair table like I can't say too much about it but yeah everything kind of gets run anything Hillsong does life church does pretty
4: much that's interesting because we do notice that um that that there isn't a Hillsong in New Zealand yeah so why um, why, why not
1: so what I know and what I have chatted about was that because Brian and Bobby beyond of course my time and all that stuff leaked back to New Zealand as well they told Paul and Marie that they would never start a Hillsong song in New Zealand that life can be it um because they've got such a great relationship like I can't know their personal relationship whatever but Life church is Helsong, New Zealand, but just not labeled that.
4: Who's the next second in charge there? It would be their son, Luke Young. Oh, um, that's nice.
1: Melissa De Young is related to Helen Burns in Canada, another mega church as well. But after that would be Scott and Amanda Thornton.
4: Okay. What are the kind of similarities did you notice, though? Like, do do they support the same kind of things or? Yeah. So when the huge
1: investigation came out Hillsong Wide, I remember it clearly because it was talked about it in church. And, what well, I can't word it quote by quote, but Paula Marie stood up one Sunday. I think it was, like, after everything came up and they was just constantly battled with, they just hushed it they wouldn't explain why it was happening um the whole allegations and whole brian houston covering all that stuff and we would for that point for me i was just like what the the flip's happening like what are these charges like no i don't know anything about them and then it wasn't until i went home that day that i googled it i was like oh this is
4: bad but don't you think that's strange that they I don't think people are going to go home and google okay yeah I'm like, These... I'm like do you like
1: now nothing about I googled it and I felt horrible googling it thinking that maybe I didn't trust my pastors but I just wanted to know because I'm such a person that if I'm going to be attending this church I want to know what they what they're talking about if they're going to have Brian and Bobby here to open a new campus I want to know whether or not I want to be there supporting it end of 2018
2: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
1: Um, we had to move council-related and all that stuff. There was a transition literally going through our old, old building. <laughs> and so we moved and opened this brand-new million-dollar building. And the special guests were coming was Hillsong Young and Free. And Brian and Bobby, they were going to come. Oh, it was going to be great. They put prices to it, and it sold out yeah if you wanted to be there that opening night you had to book two months in advance to go um, and, and pay okay. and pay what I think it was roughly 10 to maybe 20 dollars depending okay so mind-blowing now looking at it like so confusing in my mind we had guest speakers because we did huge conferences I remember I was making a coffee for guest speakers so- someone related to Hillsong and I was told I wasn't allowed to talk to them because I wasn't paid enough I wasn't paid at all because I was a student I was there for experience so every time they'd come into a room everyone had to be quiet um like was, Ellen
4: DeGeneres or something like
1: No, it was um the South African pastors of Hillsong
4: oh they not Phil so Julie.
1: Phil Julie yeah, and there You're not allowed
4: to speak to Phil Julie when you walk in the room. You right? know, like, if, like,
1: yeah, it was the same, similar to, like if you wanted to go up to the leadership lounge, which is where all this pastoral team prayed. Which, I don't see any prayer going on. You either had to be in that circle or you'd be serving. You had to be picked to be serving. So I got asked to serve because I had barista skills, which was totally fine, I was handpicked by them. And I was, at that point, you wore that at college, you wore that with pride.
4: Yeah, you're handpicked for a reason, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, so it was all the kind of top-notch that you weren't allowed to speak to. It's not yeah, just. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, you, um, what I saw the most is, so we have All Blacks attend our church, some really, really famous All Blacks. Um, and their family members who have also all we've also got radio presenters. And I remember this one night, it was an all on campus night, and we had you guys know who Stab Walker is over in Australia. He had walked into church, and we were directing everyone to the chapel. And I had just been like, everybody needs to go to chapel. And then I get pulled to the side because he then went to go chat to someone higher up than me and was like I wasn't allowed in the main auditorium I'm literally just following health and safety regulations if I can't fit a mum and a child into this auditorium I'm not going to care who you are and then I got told that I needed to make sure that every celebrity or every person with high status would come back and I'm like I don't care if they don't come back because I can't (laughs) really I'm like I don't care and that's where I kind of saw that a lot of these celebrities, like radio presenters being able to bring their families to a sold-out show that these families who had been on this wait list for months to go, like Christmas productions, weren't allowed to come in.
4: How, like, what was that point? There was a final meeting?
1: Yeah, it was an 11am trip, so this, that I had gone to on a Sunday I remember sat down with me. my yeah, young adult pastor at that point. She was talking to me about something and I was like, I need to talk to you about life and where I feel like something's gone wrong. And she avoided the whole conversation and I was like, no, I need to tell you this, like this is really urgent. And I told her everything and I told her that I was looking at leaving church and that I just didn't feel like it was comfortable for me to go to this church and she goes oh maybe we have a different mission than what you've got and I'm like maybe you've got a different mission like what different okay. mission do you have I have making <laughs> sure people in this church come back call this place home isn't that what you guys are preaching about like and then I, I left in tears because it got to the point no. where I was like
4: yeah
1: I'm over being there every single Sunday I was there at seven o'clock seven seven thirty every Sunday morning and there are days I won't leave until nine thirty at night every Wednesday there was a meeting like there was there was pre-meeting or whatever I was there like and that was awful like I remember getting a phone call just maybe a couple of months ago from someone from Life uh, asking me whether or not I wanted to help at Sisters and I was like no I haven't been at Life for so long like for a year and a bit like um why yeah have you not noticed that I'm just not there I pulled myself from all the teams like clearly you guys would have noticed like surely you would have noticed one person who had been on every single team not there um they were like they're like did you leave badly And I was like yeah I left really badly like what else did you think do you think I just loved walking out of the meetings crying like and like there's so much wrong in that church now that even if you tried bringing it up to the past, like even if you tried bringing it up to past support past debris, you would have to fight their PAs. Like even if you want to chat to them on a Sunday, you've got to fight security.
4: Where do people go for pastoral help there then? For- so we
1: have, we they have um campus pastors and every age group's got a pastor pretty much. But like if you want to chat to anyone about like, issues that they've got like for me I wanted to chat to someone that wasn't my young adult pastor wasn't the principal of college and then every time I'd bring it up they'd be like oh we can't deal with that that's not in our scope that's just the issue you need to pray about because I remember I emailed um, Marie de Jong about something and something about she had said something at sisters and that stuff and she just made this huge connection from one of my friends and she was like, email me anytime. She gave me her email. Which of course, like any pastor, you're like, oh, okay. Let's chat. And then I get a message literally three days later, be like, oh sorry, Pastor Marie is what? So she cannot reply personally to these emails. I'm like,
4: what
1: the fuck is she doing? She's um she's too busy.
4: So she's too busy, right?
1: To reply to these emails. And I'm like, what's she busy doing? like I didn't reply to that I didn't question I was just in my head I was
4: like <laughs> but you give me your email right you talked a little bit about talking with people since you left like what else has helped you sort of make the change what's helped you get okay with it all now it's is that yes. right I mean how you how yeah, are you going so now
1: there are parts of there's parts of this like a story that really hasn't gone any further than literally me in Caroline Carolina that not so now like I've spoken out on it on so many levels now a year and a half later that I'm doing better with that like actually I had a chat with someone about it um about a couple of weeks ago and just having that point of like my voice does, does matter like it might have not mattered a year and a half ago but it matters now and that whatever happened like did happen like it's no longer me pretending. Or well, maybe it just didn't happen that way. Maybe, maybe I did something wrong. Whereas, no, what should have happened was them. They should have owned up on things.
4: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah. They they yeah. should have really stepped up on their leadership and been like, we need to, we need to train our leaders. well we were there were Connect Group moments where we were where their Connect Group leaders were serving us alcohol and talking about like procuring topics like abortions pretty much and that stuff and these leaders who of course are going leadership college dating 30 people in church like big people then tell us we're not allowed to talk to anyone about it because they could get in trouble like then why do it you know it's against the rules why do it yeah so now looking back at it I'm like did I skip a
4: huge warning sign because So it's the same stuff again, again, again. And the money? How is the money spent?
1: So we have no idea how much everything's spent. We know that when we're raising money for the new church or whatever, I don't really know what raising money I think it is, we got told that if you donated $5 a week, you could get your name on a seat. At no point did I see names on seats unless they were stickered and they were... Reserved for guest speaker, reserved for PA, all that stuff. That's it. And they stood, you could cut come off. There was like no recognition of where that money went
4: besides. So your... it just disappeared. So even the little basic things, okay? Yeah. And like the $5 deals, okay?
1: They, yeah. So I remember I signed up for a year and I donated $5 a week. And I wanted to know where my money was going. And I remember we went to this all in night, team night, whatever it's called. And um, they talked about finances there. And they're like, you'll find out more about where our money went to in this booklet. And it just, it didn't really talk about it much. Yet they were literally every, pretty much every month talking about legacy, our legacy, our our life legacy. like we've got to donate this much money to be able to pay off the debts for church so we can so we can do more stuff. Apparently they've a mission to raise forty-five million dollars in four years to pay off three campuses and start new campuses, um, get guest speakers here and all that stuff. And it's just it just got to a point where I was like, I'm not gonna donate any more money. I cannot do this. These pastors were like going on for like weeks. They went on retreats for the start of the year, every year. All of them went on retreats. And we're like, mm, this is really how our money's being spent. And like, if you donated a certain amount, you'll be invited to the financial leaders breakfast every eight weeks. And that's where you could have breakfast with, with the de Youngs and chat about everything financial. No one knew about those meetings unless you're invited or you're serving them. You knew, you knew there was something called financial leaders, but you never knew something there was something called the financial leaders break. You never knew what was happening in them. So that was pretty interesting to finally see what was actually happening. You weren't allowed to go into any of the meetings if, unless you're serving or you're a financial leader. If you weren't serving in that area, you just stay out because they just didn't want anything leaked. Whatever leaders us or you can't talk about it anywhere else until it was made known to the public. And it was just it's so weird.
4: A whole lot wow. of, so whole hush of hush stuff. Yeah. And I had a guy write to me from who had lived in New Zealand and he said to me, don't you ever wonder why there's no Hill's in New Zealand? It's because there's too many victims, right? And I was like, oh, my God. Who knows? Yeah,
1: so, like, even if we would have conversations with Bobby and Brian, we weren't allowed to bring up anything related to their dad. We, If we were going to ask anything, we were only asked about them how they were and that was it like we could ask about Hillsong I remember I think it was last year that the whole Hillsong New York thing happened and we not no one talked about it like there was nothing about in church related it was really weird it was just really top secret the whole everything about that so we were going to talk about that we even come for conference one time them and their daughter and that stuff and we would we and we were talking to them, it was just, hi, how are you? Welcome welcome to life, pretty much. Hope you enjoy. At the start of Leadership College, you submit something called a CV. So it used to be that you'd pick the places that you wanted to pra- do your practical in, but the, the, they changed it because everyone kind of went for one area. And I had written on my skill list that I can make coffees, which is a real talent at life because you don't usually get trained and I was I'm highly trained outside of church I got picked to do the event so of course I did events from Monday to some, Saturday so I needed to do something on Sunday no one was able to fill the spot to do their the senior pastor coffee so anything up in their lounge the guest lounge I think they called it Melissa Young they like we've picked you to come up and to coffees you just need to be dressed really really neatly
4: and you're doing all of this volunteer right
1: 100% volunteer and they wonder (sighs) why the turnover for anything volunteer related in that high-end area is so high I fell over a couple of weeks after that and I tried explaining it to them the doctors had told me I wasn't allowed to carry heavy things so I was upstairs making coffees and all that stuff and I rubbed my arm in a brace like, I'm literally putting my health at risk. I cannot do this because I can't do this one-handed. And she was like, oh, but there's no one else. You've got to do it. Who's going to make the coffees? When they're fasting, we would still have to be up there. Huh? Like, when they're, when they're doing prayer and fasting, I still have to be up there making coffees or, like, standing there.
4: Yeah, well, what would you say to somebody who's, you know what I mean, they moved to the city, they went to the nice church, the people are nice there. You know, they don't know anybody else. I mean, can't yeah. be that bad, can it? I think if
1: I was talking to someone who was like me when I moved to Auckland, as a listen to your gut, for me, the thing that most people don't know was I hated life when I first went. But I like I hated to the point where I was never gonna go back. Just because it just felt too big for me. Like just wasn't what I wanted and what I had hoped it was to be, but I threw my gut and in the out the window and was like, i will be fine. And now I kind of wish I did kind of listen to my gut because that would have saved, now 2021, I've been in the for four years, it would have saved at least three years of this stress. If you really want to attend churches like this, go ahead, but don't put your whole life into them they're not the real representation of god to so just trust your gut and if your gut's saying yeah. to get out of there get out of there and do yeah. research yeah. so much research about what they stand for what does this align with what you think are there any values of that that you believe are that iffy do some research about where they've come from like come on a hill song whatever everything's linked so go go to your normal traditional church. Like go to go to a church down the road that doesn't have many people and you might run out of you might not run into problems. <laughs> I'm still gonna be a Christian. Like it's a like that yeah. balancing scheme that, and you, that I can't get right at the moment, especially with everything that I'm still relearning. Like I'm relearning. Oh, just don't doubt your gut, because your gut's the whole thing that's gonna lead you through it. Like like don't trust, like don't throw it out because everybody else is saying something else that makes sense
4: it's no going back really is there after that no (laughs) To like oh no I'm just gonna believe what you say and stuff thank you so much for that episode thank you so much for sharing that with us that's awesome and I hope it keeps going and going the freedom of thought I love it
1: (laughs) yeah